one side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday. I was in meetings all day, was not able to get to the SWAT meetups. How did they go today? They went great. Great, good group out at the beach this morning, and this was our last one uh, until December. I mean, no, no meeting next week because Thanksgiving. So, uh, yeah, it was good, really, really good. We're looking at what happens when salvation hits somebody, mm. and uh, Cornelius, Cornelius uh, we're going to look at that next week. Well, we'll be here Monday and Tuesday of next week on the radio, and then Wednesday, Thursday. Friday and the following Monday, we are going to have a best of over the holidays. So, uh, but we'll we'll look at it next week. We'll knock it out Monday and Tuesday. Cool. And so, I hope you'll join us. Hey, our guest tomorrow, Galen Patrick, local evangelist who looks like Kevin Hart. Man, <laughs> he's so funny. He is a funny guy. I really like him a lot. He was out with us at the outreach. He's going to join us tomorrow. Uh, and so uh, look forward to uh, you guys uh, joining us on that interview tomorrow. It'll be it'll be really good. He is a really good guy. So uh, looking forward to it. Um, you know, uh, right now what's going on in our country is uh, it's just kind of a crazy time. And uh, uh, another SWAT brother told me today that his company is forcing them out if they don't get the vaccine which it's almost, you know, it's crazy. Every week you see all these people at football games, literally hundreds of thousands of super spreader events with no super spreading going on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, James Grimm out in uh, Idaho, right? Yeah. I I almost said Iowa. Uh, Out in Idaho, he told me uh, today that his company has restricted his access in uh, uh, anticipation of removing him fully tomorrow from from his job over the vaccine. So uh, keep him in your prayers for sure. But, yeah, that's just another example of uh, that this really isn't about public health and um, or, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's about control. And, you know, regardless of where you line up on the vaccine debate uh, yeah. to mandate and, you know, demand that someone stick something into their body, uh, if you don't see that as a, you know, a form of overreach and control, uh, you know, that's. I think that's something that maybe you should consider. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we don't have a right to tell a woman she can't. Uh, she has to keep a baby alive in her body. But we, you have a right to tell me I have to put it, some uh, experimental drug in my body. Yeah. That's crazy. It's just the insanity of what's going on around us. Uh, you, <laughs> I, I don't even want to get into the whole Rittenhouse thing. You, you see so much stuff flying around out there. People saying, you know, I, I, I saw one guy said that, well, what if it was somebody from Compton? What if it was a young black teenager from Compton carrying a gun into, like, you know, Orange County, into a, a, a Donald Trump rally or something? Like, 
that those two things don't even correlate because first of all, there were people burning down buildings and you know, Rittenhouse was up there. Uh, he was up there when I, the video I saw of him, he had his gun on his back and he was acting as a medic trying to help people. Well, yeah, and if there was a, a guy from Compton up, you know, protesting or something um, in Orange County, who cares about the race or what happened? If he was attacked and in fear for his life and he f- used his weapon, that's legally self-defense. It now, doesn't matter yeah. what color you are. Yeah, it, exactly. It, the, the issue is, was it self-defense or not? So, anyway. Well, and th- uh, sorry, not only, um, again, <laughs> a white man shot three other white men, and somehow this is a racial thing. I, there was a tweet out uh, by uh, Blue Checkmark said, uh, consider giving your black employees the day off after the Rittenhouse hearing, because regardless of which way it's going to go, it's going to be hard on them. And I'm just like, what are you, what what kind of clown world do we live in that that <laughs> is a clown correlates world. to that? It's it's ridiculous. Well, and it ain't much better in the church mm-hmm. uh, because uh, uh, there was a report that recently came out from George Barna, who does a lot of surveys, and it showed that forty seven percent of practicing millennial believers, okay, people who say that they're believers in Jesus, followers, they say it's wrong to share our beliefs with somebody of a different faith in hopes that we can convert them. Wow. (laughs) That's almost one out of two. So they're saying that it's morally wrong to do that? Yeah, that's what they believe. (laughs) They they say it's morally wrong to share your beliefs with somebody in hopes of converting them. Well, I mean, they're getting that from somewhere. Is it from the pulpits or is it from the culture at large or is it well both? our culture i think it's our culture and and when you start peddling things like crt within the church that really have no christian basis at all there's no uh n- there's no correlation and vody bacham debunked all that stuff he did a great job and so did owen strand with the fact that the best way to love somebody and teach people to overcome racism is with jesus period jesus Mm. not not a fake jesus not posers who say they love jesus but to really let people be uh, encountering the risen lord and he changes people's lives he breaks down dividing walls the real jesus and so you know when you think about the fact that young people um feel that way um, it, it's it's just really sad for the future. We we need to educate. This is why theology is so important, because a lot of these young millennials are basing what they think not on the Bible, but on uh, social media, on the pressure of social media, and and stuff. Because it just sounds better. It just sounds good. It sounds so loving, you know. Yeah, and, you know, I think uh, they've been indoctrinated into, you know, a worldview that is, uh, you know, secular humanism, and the church's response to that has not been um, to, you know, entrench in the gospel and in strong, sound theology, but rather it has been to water down the gospel and uh, and sacrifice, I guess I'll say, on theology. In some instances, depending on um, the church and the pastor, it's gone so far as to you know, veer into really heresy 
And that's not just like some fringe element of the church. That's a, a large swath of evangelicalism that is going that way. And, and when that's the case, um, when the church is conforming to the, the worldly culture, uh, you're, you're going to get th- those type of statistics. Yeah, you know, we, we are living in a time, uh, too, where uh, we're seeing more anger, uh, people losing control, going off on people, uh, Somebody at a VA facility the other day, like a VA, I mean, like a clinic and stuff went off on another person in there and the security guard went off on that person. I mean, like, it's just like tempers are reaching boiling points. And what we've got, though, is that, you know, for the last, I don't know, uh, 50, 60 years, we've been moving toward a more secular society and we've got it. We've got it now. And this is what uh, it looks like. Uh and what we've got to remember as believers is what uh, uh, Jim Dennison said, the darker the room, the more compelling the light is. And we're living in a pretty dark time. And so we put him on display out in our community. By the way, big shout out to Mary um, uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts out at the beach. What a sweet lady. You know, she came up this morning. And uh, she said, hey, um, you know, I want to help with the people that y'all are helping over on the north side. So she gave a little gift to help with that. And I said, how would you know about that, Mary? She said, well, we saw, we saw you on TV. You know, uh-huh. we saw the news thing. And, you know, when you put God on display, it is contagious. People want to help people that are drawn to him, people that uh, are already connected to him. They're, they want to be involved with stuff like that. We were created to help other people. That's our. We're here for relationship with God and relationship with others, loving him and loving others. And so as we go through this incredibly challenging time now in our culture, we've got to reinforce to young people, the millennials, that you know what? It's not unloving to want somebody to believe in the one true living God. It's not unloving to point them to Jesus. Well, yeah, and, you know, the millennials are now, you know, adults, right? So you really got to also hammer that into the generations behind them, um, Gen Z and, you know, whatever the the youngest kids are going to end up being called um, because that's, you, you know, you raise up a child in the way he'll go, and, you know, when he's uh, grown, he won't depart from it, so... That's uh, an avenue, I think, that maybe the church uh, has uh, not focused on quite as much and maybe needs to start to um, in, in, in an effort to turn the tide of uh, just kind of the way that the, the culture is going. And, and it's a generational effort that I think got to think long term in, in that regard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, um, you know, folks, we just need to keep our eyes fixed on our king and keep being a witness and don't buy into uh, the argument that it's unloving to try to tell people about the God you serve uh, unless that God is a false God. Then it is unloving. You know, when you when you represent the one true living God, it's a loving thing. Yeah. Not only do they think it's unloving, they think it's immoral. That is the furthest thing from the (laughs) truth. Right. Yeah. All right. We are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. 
I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as the Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER and all of our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And finally, we'd like to give a shout out to all of you listening online, wherever you are in the country or around the world. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com Joy to the world Joy to the world Joy to the world The Lord is come Let us receive the King Let every heart That is Joy to the World by Pentaton- Pentatonic, excuse me, along with Doug uh, adding in his own little drums hey, there. Hey, come on. I told you. Isn't that some good music, man? Yeah. you got to admit. It's a little more upbeat than we had. It's, you know, right up there. That's your speed right there I, I for like sure. That. That's, that's good. Not quite as chill as you like, but it's good, right? Hey, I can get down to anything, so yeah. it's all good. Well, but anyway... Uh, welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are going through Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43 this week. Uh, today we're going to be finishing up by looking uh, at verses 40 through uh, the end there for, in, into 43. Um, so that is where we're at. If you missed any of that, you can go to uh, SWATradio.com, click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find all of this week's episodes as as, a, as well as, excuse me, um, our full catalog of episodes. Again, that's www.swatradio.com and the past programs link. Hey, and uh, I had, you know, I was talking earlier about one of our, uh, one of our uh, SWAT brothers was just told that if they don't take the vaccine, we have another um, uh, person that we have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. At SWAT Radio, who is as the wife of a uh, SWAT brother, and he uh, she is uh, very involved in the sports world, and has been fighting the same thing with her parent company, mm. and uh, she's going to be our guest for a few minutes on Friday. Awesome. She's going to call in and tell us what's going on, 
and give us kind of uh, a little bit of background information and the company or the the attorneys that are helping her so people can support these Christian attorneys who are trying to help people fight against this overreach. Uh, so anyway, uh, she'll be on uh, Friday. Again, Galen Patrick's our guest tomorrow. And, um, yeah, if you uh, want to join us at SWAT, uh, the SWAT Bible study at uh, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, we'll be there at 630 tomorrow, SWAT Zoom. Send me an email to Doug at SWATradio.com. And uh, Friday we'll be at the Village Inn down in St. Augustine. We are in the book of Acts. This week on the radio we're looking at Acts 10, 34 through 43, and we've covered so far through verse 39. Today we're going to finish up the rest of this text all the way through 40, uh, 40 through 43. And we're gonna, uh, we've are gonna we been looking at the gospel. It's the, Peter proclaims this gospel to Cornelius. And it started with God. We, we covered that on Monday. And it's not partial to any group or person. We looked at that in verses 34, 35, and the first part of 36. And then yesterday, we looked at um, he presented Jesus of Nazareth, the human Jesus, and he, the promised Messiah, the God Jesus, uh, Jesus, the Son of God. And we saw that when it says Peter preached good news, that word was euangelion, and it euangelion, good news, was used to proclaim salvation and that our God reigns. And so he, uh, we talked about the, the curse. Uh, Peter says he was hung on a tree. That's Deuteronomy 21, 22. Anyone who's hung on a tree is accursed. And uh, Paul talked about that in Galatians 3, that Jesus was cursed for us. And then today we're looking at what he says next, and he focuses on the resurrection and that we are witnesses, and we were commanded to be witnesses and ambassadors for him. And so uh, I'm going to have you read the whole text again today, 34 through 43. And just a reminder, remember, the gospel, the good news, always starts with God. It does not start with man. It starts with God. He created us for a dependent relationship, one which in which we wake up every morning, we're dependent on him, we trust him, we look to him, we acknowledge that he's our king, and God's not partial to any group or person. And uh, Cornelius is there as a Roman centurion who God moved in his heart to invite Peter to come into his house, and he's sharing the gospel with him and his family. And he's already presented Jesus of Nazareth as, you know, and the promised Messiah. He talks about him. He says, you know the story. And today he's going to get into the resurrection in 40. And then what happens as a result of believing in him, that we all are ambassadors to the fact that Jesus is judge, king, and redeemer. So go ahead and read 34 through 43. And we're going to look at these last two ideas today. All right. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is the the Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. 
They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Wow. He commanded us to go and tell people. I don't know, Doug. I just, I, that's not me. I'm just not the kind of person. I'm, I'm kind of quiet to myself. No. Nope. Andrew was quiet. You know that? Yeah. Andrew was a very quiet. Uh, he had to be with Peter as a brother, right? <laughs> I mean, like, so here, here's Peter and Cornelius. He's at Cornelius' house which that in itself is a miracle that uh, he would go into the house. And here he is presenting the gospel to Cornelius. And as he's sharing this gospel that starts with God, that is not partial, that is about Jesus of Nazareth, who it says God anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and what he did. And he says they put him to death by hanging on a tree. And he says, but God raised him from the dead god raised him from the dead on the third day caused him to appear not to all the people but to us who had been chosen by god as witnesses what does that tell you right there just in that statement about who jesus appeared to and why he only appeared to some um well he appeared to the elect and he appeared to him because that's how God planned it. Let's go back in the Gospels for a second, Taylor. Uh, what did the Pharisees, well, not all the Pharisees, it was also, um, it was not just the Pharisees, but um, people who, um, the Jewish, like Sanhedrin, the, the, the priest, all the Sadducees, what did they keep asking Jesus to do? For a sign? Yeah. yeah. And he said, and, I'll give you the sign and, of yeah, Jonah. And, and he, he did that when? After he'd already done signs. He yeah. had fed people. He had, he had fed 5,000 people. He had healed people who were blind. He had healed the withered hand. Wait a minute. You can't heal on Sunday, but show us a sign. Yeah. I mean, could, just stop and think about the lunacy of that. It's almost like the lunacy of what we're seeing in our country right now. You've got white people calling black people racist. I mean, I, that, Call, that, not that, calling them white. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah you're right. Uh, that's what we were talking. There, you got white people calling black people white supremacist, which is insane. Yeah, it's lunacy. But that was the lunacy of what was going on there. So people who see signs. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, people who see the signs that receive the signs are those who are his. But if they're not really um, his, they're never going to be satisfied with a sign. And so those people that Jesus appeared to, you ever wonder why he didn't appear to Pontius Pilate or Caiaphas or Annas? They wouldn't have believed. There's a story Jesus tells in the Bible about Lazarus, a man named Lazarus mm-hmm. who died. 
and a rich man who died. And the rich man begs God to let him go warn his brothers about the torment of hell. And he says, oh, if I go back, they'll believe me. And what did they say? Said he that. says, they didn't believe the prophets. Yeah, they're not going to believe Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. They're not going to believe a ghost. They have the prophets, Moses and the prophets. and They've got the scriptures. Because God's people see signs, and, and they, they are drawn to him by them. But skeptics never see the signs. And so Jesus appeared to those who were chosen by God as witnesses. And it says, notice, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Why do you think Luke felt a need to include that little statement in there? Um, to show that it was that Jesus came back, he rose from the dead with a physical body, and it wasn't just a, you know, a manifestation or something like that. It wasn't a vision. Yeah. It wasn't a ghost. It was the resurrected Christ. It was the real being, Jesus of Nazareth, who had come back. And so he testified to the resurrection. Over in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, Paul says this. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried, raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. This was something prophesied from the beginning. beginning. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still yet sinners, he died for us. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, that our preaching is in vain. If what? If he's not been raised from the dead. That this is all foolishness. He said our faith is worthless. And so Peter testified to the resurrected Christ. That was an important part of the presentation of the gospel. It is the hinge point of the gospel. And what does it result in? Well, he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that he is the one appointed by God. It resulted in ambassadors that testify that Jesus is king, judge, and redeemer. When we come back, we're going to look at that. If you are a true believer, this is not an optional thing for you. We are commanded to testify, just like Peter. And when we come back, we'll, we'll visit that. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Third Day with Do You See What I See? Um, If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. We are finishing up our look at that passage here today. If you missed any of that, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link, and there you'll be able to find our full catalogs of our full catalog of programs. Excuse me, um, including every program from this week as well as this program here in just about an hour or so. Yep. Um, you know, Taylor, as we uh, we kind of round out this passage. I want to go to verse 42 where it says, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. When he, when he commanded us to preach, the word preach there is, it means like to herald. You know, when do you, do you understand what that means, to herald something? Uh, if you're her- you're announcing the coming of something, right? Like if, you, if you're a herald for the king, yeah. uh, you're announcing his presence and his eminence, right? And that he's on yeah, his well, way. Well, yeah. They, I mean, when, when somebody heralded something, they would, um, they would go out and be like the, the announcer to the city. Or like, uh, did, have you ever seen a, a night's tale? Uh, a, a, a what? A night's tale. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a movie that, that they had, uh, Jeffrey Chaucer, you know, the, the, uh, the great, he was a character in that who was obviously a, a great uh, person in literature, but he was a herald for one of the knights in the, the oh, yeah, tournament yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it means basically to announce publicly. So that would go against pretty much what those people that were interviewed by George Barna said, right? Mm-hmm. Because what would be the reason to announce publicly? The only reason to announce publicly is hopes that there's some of Jesus children or God's children who are out there who've not yet known they were God's kids. They're just like Cornelius is here. Do you realize that Cornelius is not a believer at this point? He's still seeking, but he's not a believer yet. And so uh, Peter's testifying. He's preaching the gospel to him, but Cornelius still isn't saved. He's still not a believer He's not bowed his heart to Jesus as much as he's been drawn to God, as much as he's done good things for people. So you can be a good religious person and still not be a believer. You can care about the things that God cares about and still not be a believer. That's where he was until Peter came and preached the gospel. And we're going to see next week and what we're covering at SWAT, at Bible study this week, is uh, how it happened that he became a believer. What happened? Because Peter's in the midst of preaching right now, and he said, and he commanded us to go preach to the people, which is that word caruso. It means, like I said, to herald uh, and to testify. Um, now, uh, the, the word testify is such a long Greek word that I don't even want to try to pronounce <laughs> it because it, it just would stretch me. But uh, it, it, it literally means just to make a serious declaration on personal knowledge, on, on, on some basis of personal knowledge. So that's being a witness, right? Mm. I mean, when you, when that's witnessing to like a good restaurant that you went mm. to, something you experienced, or uh, the birth of your child, you know. Uh, were you there when Sailor was born? Yep. 
All right, you'll never forget that, will you? Nope. If you talked about it, you would talk about it with a believable authenticity of being at the event. The problem for a lot of people is when we talk about our relationship with God, we talk about it as if it's something that's distant and happened to somebody else. You can't be a believer because you're close friends with a true believer. You've got to actually be in relationship with God the Father. But the words that he used here for Peter, are he, he commanded him to preach to the people and to testify, both, that he, meaning Jesus, is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Now, when you think of that, he, he Jesus was appointed to be the judge of the living and the dead. What is that? I mean, have you heard people in the last two years who say, oh, Jesus wouldn't judge anybody? No. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that statement Mm -hmm. made before. Oh, you know, uh, Jesus wouldn't judge them like that. No, he is the judge, and he judges according to what standard? Your standard? My standard? Whose standard? God's. God's standard. Is his standard uh, delineated in the word? Yeah. It is. And so... How how can you say that Jesus isn't the judge when God clearly says that he is the judge? Uh, we know that from in the scriptures. Uh, if you go over to John chapter 5, in fact, turn over there real quick. John chapter 5, verse 22, and read it. All right. Verse 22. That's 25. All right. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Whoa, wait a minute. Who's the judge now? The Son. I thought he didn't judge anybody. All right, go read verse 27. 27. And he, oh, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Wow. So the next time, if you're listening, somebody says, well, Jesus wouldn't judge anybody. No. The first time he came... He says, I came not to judge the first time. Has he already come the first time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he comes back again, is he going to judge people? You betcha. He he definitely is. Uh, Read 2 Timothy 4.1. 2 Timothy 4.1. Paul is instructing Timothy to go preach the gospel. And listen to how he refers to Jesus. I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead. Whoa, now Paul's saying he's a judge. So I want to know where all these people are getting the idea that Jesus isn't a judge. I mean, so you got Paul saying it. You, you've got uh, Jesus referring to himself as it. Turn over to 1 Peter 4, 5 real quick. Surely Peter doesn't think he's a judge. <laughs> I mean, I mean, somewhere people are getting this idea he's not a judge. 1 Peter 4, 5. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Oh, my goodness. That's three separate people under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, including God himself in the form of Jesus, said he's the judge of the living and the dead. And now in Acts, Luke is relaying that, that Jesus is the judge. He is appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. He goes on to say in verse 33, to him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. 
You notice, Taylor, that it starts, the passage that we read, verse 34 through 43, starts with forgiveness and ends with forgiveness. Back at the beginning, it says, when he says, I understand God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him does what is right is acceptable. Pre, and he, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus. So what peace is there? It's the peace with God the Father. And at the end, he says, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So the, the, the gospel starts with God, is not partial to any group or person, presents Jesus of Nazareth and the, and the Messiah, testifies to the resurrection, and also results in ambassadors who go around the world telling people about Jesus the judge, Jesus the king, and Jesus the redeemer. Now, not everybody teaches that. Most people focus on Jesus as what? Uh, savior. Redeemer. Yeah. yeah. One aspect. He is king, judge, and redeemer. He's all three. He is, he is uh, the priest Melchizedek, who's a king, king of shalom, king of peace, and king of righteousness. The king of righteousness means what? What does it mean to rule over righteousness? You're a judge. Yeah. Right? Mm. So Mm -hmm. if he's king of righteousness and he's the great high priest Melchizedek, he is a go-between, he's the king of peace, and he's a judge, and he's king. So everyone... Who believes in him receives forgiveness. Isaiah 53, 4 to 6, I'm going to read real quick before we go to break. And I want you to listen to what it says about Jesus. It's a very popular passage. It's not read in synagogues. When they read their normal reading, they don't read this. But listen. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. All the prophets, including that prophet Isaiah, bears witness that Jesus is king, judge, and redeemer. And the the Jewish people were not ready for a suffering Savior. Um, Cornelius was told that he had one king, and who was that? Caesar. (laughs) And so this is a dilemma for him. What's he going to do? How's he going to respond? That's what we're going to see next week. But when we share the good news, notice it started with God. It did not start with Cornelius. Peter didn't go in there and go, okay, Cornelius, listen, I just want you to know God loves you just the way you are, and he just wants you to stay that way, and you don't have to allow him to change anything in your life. He just wants to give you peace, a fat bank account. He just wants you to be happy, and with Jesus, your life's going to get better. That's not what he told him. He said, 
You know what? First thing he starts with is God, the creator, because it always starts with God. And he talked about Jesus. He talked about the sacrifice. And he says he is the judge of the living and the dead. So over and over, he brings up accountability. Mm -hmm. We don't do that today. And when we come back, I want me and you to discuss that. All right. So stick with us. They can join us, too, by the way. All right. I'll give you the number after we get back from the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look at the five and ten, glistening once again, with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, toys in every store, but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door, a pair of well, I hear it's going to be cold next week, so maybe it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Not sure who's singing that one, um, but welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we looked at Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43 this week. Um, just finishing that up. If you would like to join the discussion, uh, or if you have any questions, you can call us at one eight four four triple seven swat That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Uh, you know, Taylor, when we were, uh, before we went to break, we were we were really just talking about how the prophets bear witness. And um, everyone who believes in him, key phrase, believes in him, Jesus, receives forgiveness of sins. I'm not sure what your early years were like growing up for a long time i thought all you had to do was believe that jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead you believed in Mm. what he did Mm. it was a long time before i really grasped you had to believe in him Mm. you see a difference between those two yeah was that a was that an issue for you did you understand that early on or i mean yeah, I think I did, um, I, I, and I was definitely cognizant of the fact that he did that for our sins. Um, and then, yeah, I think I was well uh, catechized into you know who he is and what it means to believe in him as far as uh, the Son of God um, yeah. and the Messiah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I had a pretty good grasp of that uh, at an early age. Yeah, I, I just think a lot of people in this country um, – 
believe that they only need to believe in what Jesus did, mm-hmm. like we believe that George Washington was president of the country. Yeah. And I'm in there. Oh, yeah, of course I believe. The Bible says demons believe. Yeah. And they go a step further. They even tremble. Yeah. We believe very nonchalantly, almost like it's not that big of a deal. You know? Yeah, and you know it's 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 one thing to attest to a historical fact, right? It's yeah. another to realize uh, the meaning of that and who he was and what he was doing and why he did what he did, and that it was for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is that is an interesting uh, uh, realization there that some people, oh yeah, well of course Jesus, you know, well people say of course Jesus lived, and that there could be on the same token people say yeah he he died and rose again. But well, a lot it has of people, no meaning for them. Yeah, personally. I mean, no. a lot of people treat it like believing in Santa Claus. Mm. Yeah, of course I believe in Santa Claus. But as you get older, you don't, right? Sorry yeah. if there's kids listening. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, if you believe that Jesus Christ existed, it, let's say you believe Jesus existed, does that does that mean you're a believer? No. No. Uh uh, the 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 real question is: Do you believe Jesus Christ is who the Bible says He is, and are you trusting Him as your Savior and King? That's what it means. Uh, so, you know, you, if you don't believe in what the Bible says about Him, you don't believe He is who He said He was. You don't believe He's going to do what He said He did it was going to do. Um. You can believe the facts about him all day long. That does nothing to secure your eternal relationship with the Father. Um, biblical faith and belief is is more than just facts about him. It's also trusting and relying on who he is to intervene for you, to, to both be your mediator with God by his death on the cross and even now interceding on your behalf with the Father in heaven now, like he said he was. Yeah. So um we have a call, Steve? No. Nope. Oh, they I just wanted, we did. They just wanted to take up your time <laughs> while you're sitting in there. They wanted Trump. to offer Steve was trying to absorb what we're saying here. <laughs> No, they just wanted to offer congratulations. That's all. Well, you know, I, I used to use an illustration of a chair. I would When I would speak sometimes, I would bring a chair up and I'd say, I can believe that chair is going to hold me up. Yeah, I believe it's a chair. I can see it's a chair. I believe it's a good chair. I can say I believe in it all day long. But until I actually put my rear end in that chair and my weight on that chair, I'm not exercising any faith in what I say. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is just words until I actually exercise the faith. Um, you know, yeah. biblical faith is actually going to sit in the chair. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what it means. You rely on Jesus. You actually, I know that I'm a broken man. I know I'm a sinful man. And I know without Jesus, I'm destined for life apart from God. I can't be in relationship with the one true living God. But because of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, I can believe that Jesus said that if you have faith in him as the mediator, then I can be in the right relationship with God, and he is my king, he's my protector, he says he will never leave me nor forsake me, and so 
I have an eternal relationship with the Father now. I don't have to worry about my sins, plural, past, present, or future, because Jesus has erased the penalty for those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, kind of talking about him as judge like we were, um, you want him to have that capability and to be that judge because he and ultimately is going to say, well done, good and my good and my good and faithful servant. You know what I mean? Um, and that he's the one who authenticates our, our faith uh, at, at the end of the day uh, or at the end of times, I guess I should say. Um, I did have a question kind of about, you know, or I was thinking about how you said, uh, you know, why do people say Jesus wouldn't judge? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess to me, it comes down to, uh, where it says, judge not lest ye be judged. And so people, for the longest time, have said, well, that means you shouldn't judge, right? You shouldn't judge. And then eventually that's now morphed into, well, Jesus wouldn't judge you. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, the sad thing is, is a lot of Christians are buying into that logic and that line of thinking without knowing what judge not lest ye be judged, you know, what that means in the fullest context um, and what the difference is between us and Jesus you know what I mean? So he might say that, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't also said that God has given him all the power to judge, like uh, John 5 said. And I think it's interesting, too, that he said that he had he came not to judge, um, but that God had given him the full authority to judge already. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, clearly he came to complete his work. Uh, but when he's coming back, he's definitely coming back um, on a horse with a sword and a robe dipped in blood. Well, in John nine thirty nine, Jesus said, For judgment I came into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Mm-hmm. And he, he you know, he was talking about people that think they see, they're really blind. And those who don't see can see. And so uh G- Jesus is gonna judge and yeah. um you know, I, I I just hear people say that all the time because that's just one of those things people say. It makes them feel good, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, there's something I think to be said, too, about, you know, when he said that he, he came uh, not to judge. I think, you know, there wasn't any doubt about his character or anything like that. But I think, um, you know, with man sinning, he came back to prove a point, you know, mm. first off that he's God, but also that uh, the way that he dictated and laid out for man to live was feasible and doable and what is ultimately best. And so in that instance, it was like his life, his, his life, his testimony, the way he lived his life was a, a judgment, a condemnation on all of us for being unable to live up to uh, the standard that God set. And then after Adam fell, obviously we didn't have that capability, but that's why he's the new Adam. Yeah. So, well, uh, he, he is definitely going to judge. Uh, when he says, I did not come to judge, he's saying the first time he came, he came to be the messenger of peace. And it, and if you remember, Taylor, what was he riding during his first coronation there? A donkey. Yeah. What's he going to be riding when he comes back? A stallion. Yeah. <laughs> and the, if you, you're a historian, what did it mean when an older, in that time period, a king came riding on a donkey? You told me this already, so I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it means that he was coming in peace. And if he was uh, coming on a stallion, he's coming for war. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I think it's really, really interesting that how God uses the uh, the things of our culture, the human things, to to share with us 
I mean, that's a that's a human picture. Like mm-hmm. any ber- person living that time period would have recognized on the donkey yeah. that was terms of peace. Hmm. You know, yeah. and, and that's something that just goes right over our heads in our modern context. Yeah, it, it makes you not appreciate the fullness of what's going on at the time. But we don't need history, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, well, we'll teach woke history instead of real yeah, history. You yeah. know what I mean? um, well, there was something else interesting. Um, you know, when Paul was talking and he said, according to the scriptures, um, you know, to me, uh, as, you know, apologetics, you know, a lot of people try to say that the scriptures, um, the gospels weren't wrote until, you know, hundreds of years later. But in there, Paul's talking about the he's scriptures. He's talking about the prophecies. Oh, okay. He's talking about. Everything that was said about Jesus, over 300 prophecies, when Paul says he died according to the scriptures, he's talking about Isaiah 53. Oh, okay. that I thought he was I talking read. about the Gospels. I he's see. talking about the passage I read from. Because you got to remember, for the Jewish people during that time, their scriptures was the Torah mm-hmm. and the Tanakh, and it was the Old Testament of books, the wisdom books. So when Paul says... According to the scriptures, he's talking about all those Old Testament prophecies. Yeah, I see. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was talking about you know like the because you know there's the the debate about where um, you know when the gospels were actually wrote down, and I, I was thought I thought oh he's pointing that they were, I mean that would be a sign for us that they were wrote down in his time. No, they weren't written down a lot of them till you know 50 60 ad maybe 30 years after that would still be paul's time well it would have been but he those anytime you see scriptures in the new testament it's referring to the old testament passages yeah but most people say that they weren't wrote till like 200 ad now well you know that's what what they're saying yeah yeah but but what they're writing about when they say the scriptures they're referring to old testament passages gotcha gotcha hey galen patrick tomorrow You want to join us. He is a funny guy. He's a uh, servant of the Lord. We'll have a good time tomorrow. And then Taylor and I will be back on Friday. And we have a guest who is in the sports world who's being kind of, uh, um, I don't know, discriminated against, I guess, because uh, of her belief that she's got a right to her body. All right. So make sure you listen in tomorrow and on Friday. Uh, Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual.